Oh, and that's awesome that you're running on word of want. I can't say that word. Word. It's a weird word. <laughs> yes. So I might not even try to say it, but if you could just describe it to me, like what area it is. Yeah. I usually describe it as like north of university, everything north of university and west of the river. Cause it's actually like literally it follows the line of the river. Oh, okay. Awesome. I am so excited, Indira, to have you as my guest. I believe I'm on episode five of Coffee with Kenya. And as someone that has been very civically engaged in the past, I think it's such an important conversation to have about the purpose of city council and the lack of uh, representation that we have on city council. So with me today, I have Indira Shoemaker. You are right now one of my role models. You are <laughs> such a badass. <laughs> I, I'm just so inspired by your campaign and I'm so excited. I can't wait to celebrate when you win. And, <laughs> uh, because we're manifesting this, right? So we're yes. speaking it into existence. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule with your campaign to just walk through your campaign with me, help me understand what your vision is for our city. And just tell me a little bit about who you are as a person. This is the first time we're meeting. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited. And yeah, so if you could just tell me and our listeners a little bit about you, where did you grow up in Des Moines and what was that like? For sure. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited <laughs> that I get to talk to you today about me. Like I grew up on the Northwest side of Des Moines, like in the Merle Hay neighborhood and went to school at Meredith Middle School, Hoover High School just spent a lot of time in this area. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I've lived here my entire life, literally lived in the same house since I was one years old, still wow. living there now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I have to ask, what's your zodiac sign? My zodiac, oh, I'm Gemini. Gemini. Yes. Oh, so you have a great charisma. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like it. I like it. Yes. <laughs> we got a little bit of bad rap though. People think we're fake when really we're just like looking at a lot of different perspectives. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I get the bad rap for being a Scorpio, being heartless, <laughs> but my heart is so big. Like they don't know, you know, you just yeah. have to get through past, you know, certain walls, but yes. it's all good. Okay. <laughs> the Gemini, uh, interior, how old are you? Uh, I'm 26. I'll be 27 26. in November though. <gasps> yes awesome okay so 26 I love it so you're a year younger than me so I'm 27 and I think that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because when I look at your platform it is bold and it's a platform that is po is possible I don't want folks yeah. to look at your campaign and be like well can we really do that yes we can if we yes. get the right people elected you know yeah so can you describe to me what was that moment when you decided to, to run for city council? Yeah, so the story is basically that uh, I was like celebrating my birthday with my dad and my sister back at the end of May in 2020, right? Didn't, like we knew that, you know, stuff was going on around the country with the protests and we knew that there was gonna be a protest in Des Moines, but uh, like at the Capitol building but I was used to kind of like how things go in Des Moines is that like people show up and they have signs and they take pictures and they go home and it's not really like doing anything like that's like challenging. It's not like the sorts of things that we've seen like in 2014 in Ferguson. It, it's, it's a really great show of solidarity, 
but it's not like, you know, a protest in the same sense that we were seeing around the country. So that's what I expected to see again. But instead, <laughs> I we turned on the news and I saw people getting tear gas. I saw like clouds of tear gas and flashbangs and smoke grenades at my capital, like what feels like down the street from me, right? Because I grew up here, I've been there, I go there all the time. And it was really horrifying. And so that kind of like launched me and me and my sister started going to protest together. And at one point, literally, like we were at a protest, I think that something that had sprung up after, you know, one of the bigger like rallies. And I literally was just sitting there listening to people talk. And my sister was like, you should go up and speak. I mean, I have stuff to say, but like, no, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I was like, no, that's, that's a bad thing to do. She's like, no, you should go speak. And so I did, I just walked up there and I started talking. And- Like the true Gemini that you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so re really it was just like, through these protests, I really found my voice and like realized that all of these like outspoken characteristics that I had growing up that people told me were like bad <laughs> and that I should like tone it down. All of that stuff is like literally my greatest strength. And so that transitioned really easily in that like early in the protests, we had a lot of like community leaders, organization leaders, like people who had been in the game for like a long time, uh, who are maybe in more of these like official institutions. Uh, coming in and telling us essentially that we were doing it wrong and that we should be doing going through like like the official processes, uh, getting at the table, things like that. And so they're encouraging us to go to city council meetings. And this was the June 8th city council meeting was the first one they encouraged us to go to. And that was the first time that they were talking about the racial profiling ban that CCI had been pushing for like years. And so I went on that meeting. I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to the city council meeting. I went on the meeting and literally like just came up with points like based on what they were talking about because I didn't really know anything about it at the time but just came up with points based on what they were talking about um said my piece and then they pushed it onto the June 22nd city council meeting so I went to that one as well <laughs> and was literally reading the edits that they had made um to the racial profiling ban on the screen like on the zoom call I was reading it and taking notes as fast as I could and I found I was literally taking notes on this envelope um, like I have like front and back of like literally just an envelope because it was the only paper that I could find. Um, and I was just like, this is a problem. This is a problem. This doesn't have any teeth like this. They're not going to be able to hold anybody accountable to this. Um, and literally just like came up and spoke and said like all of my piece and they cut me off actually. Oh no. And then, like other people were like saying that they were going to give up their time to let me speak. And so I ended up speaking to them again and encouraging them to push it off to the, you know, to the next one. Cause they had like, they can do three times. They decided not to do that. They passed the racial profiling ban that was like not meeting most of CCI's points that was like leaving accountability up to the police and not challenging anything at all. And then that same night they kettled protesters downtown, sprayed people with like pepper gel, uh, tear gas, surrounded and beat protesters in the streets literally the same night and so like in these experiences like that was when me and my sister literally first started talking about like well ward one is up for re-election next year and well we live here you could run yeah. <laughs> and like i was literally from the beginning trying to think about ways that i could get input because it was very clear to me that through city council that they didn't want to hear any residents input at all they have like these hearings they have to do because of like the laws of the state but they have made their mind up already. And I was like, what systems could I put in place if I were to run where I could literally get people's input, get people to be the decision makers essentially in these situations because it, it's a representative government. So it should be representing what the people want, not what they've decided like in back rooms on their own. 
So that was kind of when it started. And then we made the official decision in December uh, and launched in February. <laughs> I just, there's so many good points that you met, made with just that story along. And I, I want to I wanna start by thanking you for, for stepping up to the plate because just like you, I've been in a place where I've seen demonstrations happening in the morning. I've been very frustrated because I see people show up and then they leave and they never come back. They get a really nice picture for Instagram yeah, and a long post about how messed up things are in the morning. And so then I've always been like, okay, so then what can we do? Like, what, 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 what can you do? Right. So I, first I want to just appreciate and say thank you for, for your leadership, because let's be honest, running a campaign for city council is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. You're going to be under scrutiny. You're going to have long nights, sleepless nights. Um, and so I just, I want to just extend my gratitude to you for, for this, because it's so important. And I want to go back to a point that you made that, that first of all, I think everyone in our city needs to be attending city council meetings. Yeah. It's eye-opening. And you said that the bills, one of the bills, the racial profiling bill was watered down. And that happens with almost every single bill that goes through city council Mm -hmm. because they don't represent the community. Right. It happened with the 100% energy ordinance that they just passed or the resolution that they just passed as well. Um, The original one that they presented, they were trying to get 100% clean energy by 2030. um, And they wanted to basically leverage that position, like leverage the city as a customer of Mid-American to push them to get rid of their coal plants. That it's not in Des Moines, but it's around Iowa. But instead, they they negotiated with Mid-American and brought it down to 2035 and made it so they don't, they're not going to require them to get rid of their coal plants. So, like, it's just every single time. It really is. Exactly. And I, I agree with you. It's like, it's not just the bills that we, uh, that are obvious that, you know, that, that are targeted towards communities of color or marginalized community. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. It's from housing for secure like public safety it's uh it's just everything I can't emphasize that enough so so I'm happy that you're on this race I'm sure folks are freaking out (laughs) both good like excited to see you uh excited to see somebody from our community there but also other folks seeing the momentum of your campaign I think like just today I saw that your average uh donation uh right now it's 34 dollars 35 14 35 14 that's bigger than bernie sanders that's awesome and so walk me through we know there's an issue there's an issue with the lack of representation with the bills that are being passed that impact my residents what is your vision as the candidate what is your platform can you walk us through through that yeah so Basically, like everything that I am advocating for, everything that I'm running on is under like this big umbrella of what we call all power to the people. It's literally trying to get that decision making power back in the hands of the people who live here, the people who are going to be affected by those decisions. So we're talking about things like defunding the police and our full platform is like defund the police for safety and justice and strong communities make police obsolete. And that's very much that like the police are taking 
a huge amount of our budget, 40% of our budget, roughly um, $70 million. And that's just in the general fund. That's just in like the main budget, but are taking this huge portion of our budget. And instead of, you know, police being a solution, what they do, literally the definition of a pol the police's job is to criminalize. And so they end up just criminalizing all these communities, criminalizing people who are struggling and creating more social problems than they're actually solving. And so we want to take that money away because it's just being wasted over there. And we want to invest it into programs that can actually help people when they're struggling to help people get out of like difficult situations like housing. So that's another one of our platform pieces is housing in neighborhoods um, and trying to move communities from surviving to thriving. So we've got issues like in the Riverbend area, like on the whole Eastern side of the ward, essentially, we've got issues like just a lack of affordable housing. We've got developments going up, like Drake is being really like heavily developed. While the meantime, there's like, there's not a market for renters in that area of finding something affordable or finding something with a landlord that's gonna be responsible. And then we've got issues of food deserts on that side of the ward as well. Um, it's actually kind of like in lots of different places, but like, especially we've been hearing from like residents in like the Riverbend area that like, it's just a food desert and there's no walkable solutions. If you don't have a car, then you really like, it's, it's very, very difficult to get food. Um, and that leads into the issue of public transportation and like our public infrastructure is that we just don't have enough, like reliable, like accessible public transportation, public infrastructure. And then also kind of like surrounding that point is that like, we want to be, um, doo -doo -doo. okay. <laughs> um, and then also to that point, we want to be building up like these utilities, like public utilities so that people have access to like necessary resources like internet uh, has become even more necessary than it was before in the pandemic. And that like, everybody has been going to school over the internet. Everybody's been going to work over the internet. If you want to apply for jobs or resources or housing or anything you have to do over the internet. And so we want to turn that into a public utility and like what other public utilities can we, can we look at like electricity through mid American? We know that they're exploiting people in Des Moines. We know they're exploiting people all over the state. And can we turn that into like a municipal utility? But then it all comes back to literally these like the reason that we have these problems is that we've got a city council that is focused on corporate interests, that is focused on making money for developers, that is just like selling swaths of the city to developers to make like high priced condos and apartment buildings and to like not actually focus on the needs of residents. And there's no like system in place for residents to like have their voices be heard, to have like control in the decision-making process. And so we want to build up people's councils literally so that people can come together, talk about what needs they have, and then bring that up to their representatives who, if, you, if I get elected, obviously I'm going to be the representative who's literally like beholden to what the people are telling me. So they tell me vote yes, then I'm going to vote yes. If they tell me vote no, I'm going to vote no. If they say we need to have this initiative, like we need to like be building legislation for this type of thing, then we can do that as well. But like really it comes down to the fact that the system that we have is a system where you get to vote once and and you don't get to say other than that and not everybody even has that opportunity uh, so many people in des moines are disenfranchised when we see the turnout numbers uh for elections like they're so incredibly low in like the eastern part of the ward it's literally beaverdale that decides elections and it's just a few people in beaverdale that decide elections and so we really want to emphasize with this campaign is that like it's not just a campaign for november it's not just a campaign for a single vote that the vote is not the solution, it's just a tactic. 
and that we want to be organizing for long-term restructuring the government so that people have a say so that anybody who lives here and is affected by the decisions that are made here are going to have a say in what those decisions are. I just, and, and something I want to emphasize just hearing your platform is that this framework that you're describing is possible because a similar framework is already working in the one which is to make utility companies which is to make developers even richer and avoid even paying taxes at times. So I think, I think that's the visionary part of your campaign that I love so much that what you're proposing is possible, but only if we get people from our own community to be the decision makers. Yes. And so I, uh, I forgot to share with you that, um, so I, my family and I moved to Iowa Des Moines specifically in 2005. Mm -hmm. So when I was 11, I grew up around Harding Middle School yeah. in that yeah. area. And so when you were talking about food deserts, um, I was, my family and I were very fortunate enough that we had a fairway, a fairway mm -hmm. like by that area. So my mom and my sister, I'm not going to lie and say that I went there with them because <laughs> I was a teenager and I was like, no, I don't want to walk. Um, but <laughs> We had just arrived to Iowa, so my mom didn't, uh, we didn't have a car at the time. My mom didn't drive, so my, my little sister and my mom would walk to Fairway to get groceries and yeah. then come back. And so, but then I think about, I think about the area that you're running to represent. If you live maybe 10 more blocks uh, west, that's not an easy walk to make to, to get to Fairway. And so... I think that's just one of the perfect examples of how individuals like you and I saw that growing up. And sometimes you don't know how to articulate that life is hard. Right. Because that has been placed in, in a, that, that's intentional, right? Like right. our life, our children's life, our family's life could be so much better if we worked for the people, right? So I, I think that's why I'm just really intrigued and inspired by your campaign. And it's, I just really like how your platform, your four points just kind of tie together. Yeah. And your vision is for the people. And so can you tell me a little bit more about, you mentioned building people's councils. Um, you mentioned talking about that the voting is not the solution. Can you, can you dive and expand a little bit about that? Yeah, going off of what you were just saying is that like we don't connect these things to like the decisions that are made at like our government level at our city level. Something that we want to do is like really like drive that home for people is that like the problems that you have in your day to day life that you think aren't related to anything or you think it's just the way it is like that is because of decisions that have been made in the past or like literally in a council meeting that like was like a couple days ago, maybe you know what I mean like that are just driving these problems and driving these issues. And so I think that the first thing that we need to do is like bring that awareness about like these things are connected, that, that your day-to-day -day issue, like the things that you deal with in your day-to-day -day life are connected and then use that to kind of build up people into like literally build up power for people to be able to make these decisions. So kind of like what I came across when I'm like researching, like how am I going to like get people's input was literally building up people's councils. And that's decision-making bodies like it's not like some kind of like hand wavy like oh we'll get your input and then do what we want with it it's literally decision-making bodies of people who live in the area of people who like have 
similar like identities or or like things that they deal with in their day-to-day life just like you know those sorts of things that connect us and those sorts of things that mean like we have the same kind of issues that we want to talk about but literally bringing people together to say like this is the things that we're dealing with and then come up with solutions for them and then if those need to be like brought to like the city level like are there barriers in place are there ordinances that are causing these problems to bring that up to the city level and then have a council person who is literally beholden to to what the people are saying in these groups to be able to make that change because with the system that we have right now it's very easy to get like these really wealthy really connected people in those spaces because they've completely disenfranchised everybody's voices besides like the handful of people who can go vote you know what i mean in an off-year election or who haven't had their polling place taken out of their neighborhood or who even like have the ability to vote who've been given that you know what i mean so it's, it's like there's bias towards like property owners. There's a bias towards uh, citizens. There's a bias towards like so many different groups that are just saying like, you got to decide what happens and then we're going to run with it. But if we can build up literally like even small little groups in neighborhoods who can then like come into like a bigger group into a ward one people's council, um, anybody who lives here would be involved in the decision-making process. Anybody who lives here and wants to like be engaged and sees how these problems are connected can come in and say like, we are gonna have an effect on what happens in city council. And that's the idea behind it basically. And, and to me, that's, that's what we need in Des Moines because all of these years for decades, decisions have been made for our communities without us even being involved in the process. So let me, when you were speaking about People's Council, um, as someone that belongs to, as someone that, that belongs to the immigrant population of Des Moines, mm-hmm. as someone that cannot vote, that's so much needed, I think, from my own perspective, um, and I would say my own benefit, because we have individuals that want to be involved, that have something to say to make our city better, better but they're, they can't vote because of their lack of legal status and, and what have you. And and we're not brought to the table, even though when we should be brought to the table. So let me give you an example. My experience with city council goes back all the way to 2014-15. And I identify as a former activist because things have changed a little bit. I am not able to be as active anymore because of the fear of um, because of the fear of how that's going to impact my DACA status. Yeah. So and so, but. Six years ago, I was a lot more bolder. <laughs> I didn't really think about the consequences, but something that I think about often is how in 2015, the Des Moines City Council tried to put out food truck owners out of business Yeah, because one of the city council members owned a restaurant and he wanted to eliminate his competition. Yep. So Joe Gatto. Yeah, and- I know, I know. <laughs> Yes. I said I recognize so, that. Yes. And so I was privileged. I would, I don't know that I would say privileged. Or I was, I think I just happened to be at the right place at the right time that I found out that this was happening at city council. Mm-hmm. And I was invited to attend a city council meeting the first time I had ever attended one of those. And I noticed that they're talking about food truck owners, they're talking about the decisions they're gonna make. And I look around and there's no one from the food truck owner community or business owners in those meetings. And so I saw how they purposely left out 
the individuals that were going to be mostly impacted by their decision. So I remember driving around, um, talking to like taco truck owners that I would come across and trying to like interpret the information to them because the, the majority of them are Spanish speakers. Yeah. And it shouldn't take one of us to find out about a piece of information by luck Mm -hmm. to prevent things to for happening for our community we should be the ones already involved in those conversations so I I think that's why I know you're going to win so and <laughs> you know I don't know that that you can say that you know but I I know you're going to win November 2nd is the next next time that folks are going to be voting for yeah. our city council but I don't want folks to wait until November 2nd to be involved because the work happens yesterday like it started right. yesterday so folks are listening to this and they're excited and motivated about your uh, your platform and the people's platform because i'm going to call it the people's platform I right like yeah yes so <laughs> that's our goal <laughs> yes because i mean you just articulated i think what i and other folks have been thinking about for all these years right so it's it's a community effort so how can folks if they're inspired by this and they want to be part of this movement, how can folks support your campaign? Yeah. So the biggest thing that we're asking for right now is for people to get involved in the campaign now so that we can start building up this infrastructure. So we can start building up these systems because we need people who are like already in their community to like come up and say like, yes, I want to do this. I want to be like in these councils. I want to be in these decision-making bodies. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get like people in my community to also be involved. Right. Like you said before, like it's two sided. We can't do it if nobody wants to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't want to do it if nobody wants to do it. But we really need people who who are feeling inspired by this. Like right now, what we're having people do is sign up to volunteer for the campaign because we're going to need a lot of people going out and knocking doors. What we're doing, like for canvassing, obviously we're, we're going to be like putting so many precautions in place to keep everybody safe, our canvassers and the people that we're talking to. But we're really using our canvassing to get out in the neighborhoods and talk to people and then be like pushing this, not just saying like, hey, I want your vote, uh, but going in and saying like, I want you to come to a meeting. I want you to like start recruiting your neighbors um, to come into these, into these uh, councils. So really, we just want people to come in and say, like, I want to be involved. I have, like, even a little bit of interest. Um, if you know, like, one person in your community, if you have family, if you have neighbors, if you have friends, if you're like, oh, we have, like, this special group that we do, like, we're interested in this or that or the other thing, like, that's a great community to start with, and we can start making decisions in those groups. So we really want people to just sign up to volunteer. And if you want more information, you can check us out on pretty much any social media platform you can think of at Indira for DSM. So like I-N-D-I-R-A number four DSM, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, YouTube now. YouTube now. <laughs> um, I will make sure to add a link to, to all of those platforms on your, on your, on the description of this episode. And we all have a platform. We yes. all belong to different communities. And so I don't want this to be like, you know, the presidential candidates, uh, the presidential elections where they fly people out here to talk to us about who we should vote for. It has to be people that live in our communities, that live, that can speak to their neighbors and say, hey, look, I just found out that this amazing candidate is going and running to, to represent us on city council. Like, 
100%. can you join me? Right. It's really easy. It's just conversations and, and you get to know your community even better too. So I love it. No, I think, I think you're on the right path. I am super excited for you. And like I said, we're manifesting this. We're speaking into existence. Yeah. You're going to win yes. November 2nd. <laughs> I just know it. I have a feeling. So uh, <laughs> any, anything else that uh, you might want to add for your, for your future voters and um, supporters? I think, I think I just want to say absolutely get involved because like, we're not only asking for something from you. Like I want to get feedback from people. That's like a really core tenant of this is to be like, what is it that the community needs so that we can start moving in that direction? Yeah, just please, 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 like let your voice be heard. Don't let anybody tell you that it shouldn't be because it absolutely should be. And the systems that we have in place right now are not doing that. So it's time to start doing it. <laughs> and that is probably one of the greatest quality of a leader to say, I don't have the answers. I don't have all of the answers. I need my community to guide me too. So I love it. Best of Thank luck, you. Indira. You're gonna Thank win, you so you're gonna much. kill it. <laughs> I appreciate it.